Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to subscribe to the Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment. Also, a lot of cool original interview material dropping in there that you won't find anywhere. Uh, So search out Clay and Buck on Twitter. Uh, well, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us anywhere. But you can subscribe to the podcast by searching out my name or Buck Sexton's name there and join the tens of millions of cool kids who are downloading these episodes. Uh, all right, we've got some breaking news for you uh, that has just come down during the commercial break. Uh, the FBI, this is according to the Wall Street Journal. I'm reading their headline. The FBI searched Biden's former think tank office in November. It says the search was undertaken after an agreement with the White House. Now, this is in the Penn Biden Center where they initially found the classified documents. Remember, I've got the timeline here beside me. The initial discovery of those documents, according to the Biden crew, was on November 2nd. Now, we don't know when the FBI engaged in this search, but presumably it happened after the midterms, although it's possible it happened before the midterms. We don't have the date. Let me read you. It's a relatively short article. Uh, People familiar with the matter have told the Wall Street Journal that the FBI searched President Biden's former office in Washington in November. And uh, again, they discovered roughly a dozen classified documents on November 2nd. But this is the important uh, part of this story so far. It couldn't be determined whether investigators found any additional items of the classified documents that they found on the carpet inside of Mar-a-Lago. We have months of histrionic media coverage about what a threat to our republic this was. We're just finding out now on the final day of January that the FBI raided Biden's Washington office in November. And now we know the FBI has reportedly looked at his house 
as well. But this is the way that stories are covered for if you are a Democrat. The story doesn't come out until the very end of January, months later. This continues to make the White House look worse. Um, But they protected the White House because this information did not come out anywhere near the time that it actually took place. I think it's very clear that the FBI at a high level saw the Mar-a-Lago documents as an opportunity to score some points with the regime in power. Because this is something I always say, Democrats take care of their henchmen. You can be a Democrat who gets fired from your job in the FBI. You know what happens to you? You get a CNN gig, a book deal, and probably a board seat or a, a professorship down the line. That's what the Democrats do. So within the deep state corridors, they understand, hey, we got a chance here. They had a chance at Mar-a-Lago to really dig in. I mean, to, to the point about the photos, why did those photos ever make it out? Clay? Why were they taken in that way? Why splay out the top secret documents? We all know why. And I think it's because senior people in the FBI, whose names we may not even know right now, but we might in the future, were thinking, well, you know, I, w- I would love to be Homeland Security Director, or I would love to be Senior White House Advisor for whatever, right? So they took that as an opportunity because we've seen a very different handling of the situation as it pertains to Joe Biden. And we didn't even mention this uh, on the show yesterday, but, you know, there are these concerns about notebooks that have been discovered in the uh, De- in Biden- Biden's Delaware uh, home, his primary residence, I believe, in Wilmington, concerning classified material. So, once again, Joe Biden made a habit of this. This went on for many years. For everything that we find that's a page of classified that is still next to the Corvette in the garage, he probably took a 100 other pages home, I'm just guessing, but this is not something that was new to him. This is not something that wasn't a regular occurrence. And it is pretty... Pretty much a slap in the face to everybody out there. You know, we get every time we bring this up, Clay, we get calls from people saying, Oh, I had a TS clearance, uh, in the army. I had a TS clearance at, you know, DIA or FBI or wherever. And if I had done any of this stuff, my life would be over. And for Joe Biden, it's, it's not even a, it's not even really a slap on the wrist from not only the legal authorities, but politically, they're trying to make it seem like this should be no big deal as well. The only viable, defense that joe biden has against all this that is that is ironclad and i will say this joe biden has an ironclad defense available to him which is he's not of sound mind and it's actually sad that he can't remember where he leaves things because of what's going on with him upstairs but he won't make that argument obviously because then people might say why are you president yeah let me just go back to the timeline buck because Again, breaking news, this just came down during our commercial break. Wall Street Journal reporting that the FBI conducted a search of Joe Biden's Penn Biden Center uh, office after there were reportedly 12 classified documents discovered there. What I want to go to, Buck, is, and I've got this timeline here. People would have just seen it who were watching on video at clayandbuck.com. Um I got this timeline that I keep on my desk here because I know this is going to keep remaining uh, relevant. When Merrick Garland came out and spoke, Buck, I jotted down several dates that he gave us. 
He said on November 2nd, the discovery of these classified documents were uncovered in Joe Biden's office. On November 4th, the archives notified the Department of Justice. And then he said something interesting. He said on November 9th, there was an FBI assessment. Just reading between the lines now to what we know, this to me would suggest that that FBI search occurred on November 9th. Um, right after the midterm elections. And then the other date he gave us was November 14th, U.S. Attorney Lausch was given this investigation. That would suggest to me, Buck, that the FBI may have found something on November 9th. You following my timeline here? Yeah. If If Merrick Garland says on November 9th the FBI made an assessment, I would presume, and maybe there was a raid before November 9th, but I can't imagine the FBI, now that we have this Wall Street Journal report, would not have made an assessment based on doing their own uh, search there. Now, why didn't the FBI at that time also initiate a search at Joe Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home, which it appears they have done now? Why did they not also then initiate a search at the the, uh, beach house? That's a really valid question that I would love to ask Merrick Garland right now. But we don't know, again, according to the FBI report that we just got from the Wall Street Journal, whether they found anything. But it's possible, Buck, that they found additional classified documents there or documents that they believe might have been of significant nature. Because on November 14th, we know a U.S. attorney, this guy Lausch, was put in charge of this. But my point on this is... The FBI assessment that's doing a little bit of work in the way that Merrick Garland defined it, why wouldn't he have told the American public the FBI conducted a search in that public availability that he had when he announced that there was going to be a special counsel? And why did it take all the way November, December, and basically to the end of the month in January, why does a Democrat get three months before we know that this occurred? We all know why, right? I mean, we're, we're, you're I mean, asking these questions. These, these are, no, these I mean, are important questions. You have to yeah. ask them, but I'm just saying, you know, th- these are actually, they shouldn't be rhetorical questions, but they are rhetorical questions, right? We sh- we should be saying, wait, hold on a second, but we ask them because we know what this is really all about. And, you know, we, we started off, I, I'm, look, I very much uh, stand behind my assessment that even the special counsel designation with, with regard to Biden uh, is going to be very limited in scope and isn't going to really nothing's going to come of this uh, because they would have to choose to expand the investigation into other areas. And I don't look. We all know you can't predict the future. It could be wrong. Nobody could have predicted that good old Joe was papering his walls like Nash in a uh, in a beautiful mind, you know, papering his walls with classified information. Nobody could have seen that one coming. But I don't think that this is, wait, is it, uh, who is the bat? The basketball player is Steve, John Nash is the, uh, Steve Nash is the basketball player. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know John you know Nash is guy. the brilliant, uh, mathematician from a beautiful mind who yes. had all the, you know, the diagrams of all the classified super yeah, secret Steve stuff. Steve Nash is the basketball coach, formerly, uh, point guard, very talented, uh, basketball player, also far left wing. Oh, sorry. I get, now you got me crossed up. I'm getting Steve Kerr and Steve Nash mixed up. We got Nash's. I got a Nash son named on. Nash. Yeah, a lot of Nash. So. We have Joe Biden document fiasco and, and we talk about why this and why don't they push him more and why is the FBI treating him so differently? 
I mean, Clay, we started off the show just talking about uh, how, how yet again, another chapter of depravity for Hunter Biden, which we have to put into the context of Hunter Biden was getting 80 grand a month from Burisma in Ukraine while his dad was the point man for Obama on U.S. foreign policy in Ukraine. So, again, it's not just about how Hunter Biden is gross. It's about the Biden family is corrupt and was operating uh, what what seems to be a criminal enterprise. I mean, Hunter didn't pay taxes on money he only made because of who daddy was. So, you know, there and then there's all the other crimes. This uh, demanding. I mean, you know, if a normal person tells their their legal uh, tells a legal assistant, you better FaceTime me naked. Or else I'm not going to pay you. We need, we need, that's coming out of nowhere for people out there who may not have seen this, uh, this, this story. But yes, you're right. I mean, the Daily Mail, we need to talk about this when we come back out of the next break. Cause it, well, again, I wasn't expecting for there to be a, a breaking news story about the FBI. Uh, but the Daily Mail he- headline is exclusive. Uh, Hunter Biden texted his assistant, set phone up so I can spy on you showering. Hunter Biden told his assistant, threatening to withhold her pay if she didn't FaceTime him naked, according to text. She is the buck fourth employee who he's had a sexual relation that we know of, who he's had a sexual relationship with. I mean, that's great. How many people out there do you think have ever texted anyone, FaceTime me while you shower? Probably relatively low. How many people have have done that to an employee? Surely there's not that many people who have ever done this. But this is what Hunter Biden is. We'll give you a few a few more stories about that uh, when we come back. But my goodness, what a crazy world the Biden crime family has created. Uh, but I want to tell you as we go to break, uh, you probably have home insurance, probably have car insurance, probably have some form of health insurance may have life insurance. Do you have food insurance? In the event that suddenly you aren't able to get to the grocery, maybe it's because there's a hurricane, maybe there's a tornado, maybe it's just the calamitous nature of the Biden economy, why not go ahead and provide for your family safety and security? My wife was pumped when these arrived on our front porch and we put them right into our pantry. I'm talking about food supply that could last for a very long time. I have relied on them at my pa- my Patriot Supply to take care of my family. We have three months of emergency food for the three boys here in my household and also for my wife and myself, and it'll last up to 25 years. These are a 2,000 calorie count per day per person kit, and they can last for three months each person. We've got Five different of these kits that we just keep for safety and security and food insurance in my house. Now you can do the same as my family and save $200 on your three-month emergency food kit by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Kits will ship fast and free. And the rule of thumb on this is to buy one for each member of your household, just like I did. We've got five of them in the Travis house. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com one more time mypatriotsupply.com With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years. And in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. So there's this Hunter Biden story that we're just spending. Clay and I, whenever we end up talking about it, you know, in commercial breaks, before and after the show, we feel like we got to talk about it with all of you, of course. And and this is so we we got the details here. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. Uh, and in a moment, we're going to get into Trump and DeSantis. A little bit of back and forth. It's out there. It's happening. Uh, but Clay, Hunter Biden threatened to withhold cash from his assistant's pay if she didn't FaceTime him naked. This is the fourth employee with whom he has had a sexual relationship. See, the problem with having a sexual relationship, which we all know, with somebody who is relying on you paying them so they can pay their bills, pay their rent, feed themselves, is that creates a totally unfair power dynamic and a toxic situation for that individual, which is why you're not supposed to sleep with subordinates, people that are dependent on you for a paycheck, for obvious reasons, um, I, I just at this point where it's, it's almost remarkable, Clay. Uh, Hunter Biden makes the Kennedys look like choir boys. I mean, Hunter Biden is a degenerate of a whole other level and degree. And this is the guy who is actually at the center of the Biden influence peddling scheme. Yeah, look, I, I'm just going to read one text to you. And this is up on DailyMail.com. Uh, 
he sent her a message. This is his, again, it's his employee, right? It's not some random, you know, prostitute, which of which there are many. Uh, he said, you have to make up for back work by FaceTiming me and or going to our next club party. Uh, and he said another time, when can you FaceTime? If we FaceTime, the rule has to be no talk of anything but sex, and we must be naked, and we have to do whatever the other person asks within reason. When can you talk? I can later tonight, she replied. Um, so, look, I mean, FaceTiming shower requests to your employees and then having it documented that you did this on your own laptop. Again, his peccadilloes, as they are, may not be all criminal. But it does raise the question, Buck, the idea that they have tried to sell of, oh, Hunter was just a great lawyer. That's why these Ukrainian and Chinese companies wanted to retain him. Buck, you wouldn't retain this guy to, like, go feed your cats if you were out of town. Like, he's totally unreliable in all respects. Clay, it's just like the Clinton Foundation, which people, now the Democrats want to pretend this didn't exist. The Clinton Global Initiative was getting money from tyrannical regimes all over the world. And actually, at one point, I think there was even a request to have Bill speak to some, I think it was, was it was it backed by North Korea or something? <laughs> really like crazy stuff. And we were told it was all about charity. It was actually all about buying off the Clintons. We're not yeah. idiots. Bill Clinton's speeches aren't worth half a million dollars a piece. They certainly aren't anymore, are they? Boy, my friends, <laughs> the IRS has a plan to refund business owners who made it through COVID. If your business has five or more employees and managed to survive the pandemic, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. This isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. You want to get this money. But how do you get it? Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are specialists in this little-known payroll tax refund pro uh, program. They do all the work, no charge up front. They share a percentage of the cash they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had an increase in sales. The team at GetRefunds.com has already returned billions to businesses. They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I believe the story. I told this, Buck off, uh, I told this to Buck off air. I believe the story of 2023 in a big picture on this radio show is going to be Trump versus DeSantis as both men eventually start throwing haymakers at each other uh, as we move towards the 2024 primaries. And the analogy I made to Buck, I was like, hey, bud, this is like Alabama, Auburn, Ohio State, Michigan, Red Sox, Yankees. Like, this is going to be an epic 800-pound gorilla, both swinging arms at each other. War Eagle versus Roll Tide. That's right. Thank you. And we finally are starting to get kind of the, the, the attack and the response. Although, again, I don't think DeSantis, I believe, and I think, Buck, you agree, I believe DeSantis will announce for president sometime around June. That's what I expect to happen. 
The Florida legislative session ends in May. I think sometime around June, July, the DeSantis people will officially step in and say, we're running for president in 2024. The whole campaign apparatus will be up and running. Trump obviously is already in the field. I think there's going to be a lot of people who jump in the field. But right now, the two heavyweights are DeSantis and Trump that we expect. So I wanted to play this audio for you. Trump did events over the weekend in New Hampshire and in South Carolina. And during the process of that travel, he took shots at DeSantis. Here's what he said. So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. Uh, And uh, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, his Democrat opponent. So then when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but it's not about loyalty. But to me it is. It's always about loyalty. But for a lot of people, it's not about loyalty. Okay, so uh, any thoughts, Buck, in general? I mean, Trump has continued. He's put out releases. Like, he's kind of started to take shots at DeSantis in a way that you would anticipate if they're going to be running against each other. Well, I I do think that when, first of all, when you're the president, you're going to give endorsements to a a whole lot of people. But in politics, you know, look, Trump knows, right? He knows that at some level there's no such thing as a loyalty of that kind in politics. You're not going to not run against somebody out of some sense of loyalty to them because, as we know, people usually run because maybe they feel called by God, they feel called by uh, patriotism and their love of country. You know, it's there's plenty of reasons that are going to uh, surmount or uh, or or uh, overleap the sense of personal loyalty you have to another politician. That's one part of it. Um, but obviously, he is going to take it personally because Trump takes all politics personally. I mean, that's yeah. part that's part of his approach. So the the chance of this going down, like you know, it's it's funny, Clay. I I, um, I uh, interviewed Tudor Dixon for our new long forms, which are going to Clay and Buck Feed. I know you've you've interviewed Tudor as well. Uh, she came came uh, came up just a little short in Michigan, but a, a great lady and uh, made a really good run of it. And I asked her about Gretchen Whitmer on the podcast, which you should subscribe to the Clay and Buck Feed to listen to. And she's like, she was always very nice to me. And while we disagree on policy and, you know, it was just, she's a really nice person. You know, she's just clearly somebody who you run against Trump and you're a, you're scum and you're a loser. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he has no other speed. So I think we could expect that to happen. The analogy I would make, and I think Trump would, would kind of nod along with this because he's a big sports guy. Look, Tom Brady back in the day took over for Drew Bledsoe when Drew Bledsoe got injured and basically never gave the job back. And that was because Brady was better at quarterback for the Patriots than Drew Bledsoe was. If in sports, even if you are the understudy, right, you're the backup, you're sitting there, you're learning from the starting quarterback, at some point you may get the starting quarterback job and never relinquish it. That's how sports work, and that's the way that I would analogize this. I don't think it's disloyal to believe that you are better at something than someone else is. Right. You're going to fight for the job. Who's getting more completions, touchdowns, and yards, right? You're going to fight for the job, and Trump, if DeSantis goes in. By the way, I'm not 100% sure in my mind. I mean, obviously, I'm not Ron DeSantis. I'm not 100% sure he's going to run. I think it's very likely, but... You know, you don't know what's going to happen over the next six months. I would be stunned if he doesn't run, but I'd give him, I'd give ten to one odds that he will run. But I'm just saying, you know, so we're we're kind of getting a little ahead of it. But look, I mean, yeah, his wife just had breast cancer, right? Uh, And 
and thankfully she's recovered, I believe, from that. But you don't ever know when somebody's going to have a health condition, I family, mean, one of the kids could have an issue. How like different, the same thing in my life. Look at how different American politics was over the last 20 years. People often forget uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani was yes. initially running at, at, at the absolute peak of his powers was running against Hillary Clinton. He had cancer. He had to step aside. I think it was Rick Lazio who stepped in in New York, who was a, ni- a nice guy, but, you know, a third-tier congressman in terms of notoriety, you know, name recognition, everything else. And Hillary, as a total carpetbagger, right, just, yep. just cleaned his clock and, and became the senator and then, you know, was the heir apparent for the presidency. Of course, we know how that ended up working out. But, uh, you know, things happen is all I'm saying, right? I mean, Rudy Giuliani very well may have won that Senate seat, defeated Hillary. Think of all the downstream changes yeah. in politics that would have occurred. So we don't know if DeSantis is running yet. But DeSantis also isn't just sitting back and taking this stuff. He finally responded, he responded this to, morning. Uh, to some of this. And can we play DeSantis's, uh response to some of the Trump Trump jabs? I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. you got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. So basically, Clay, this comes down this comes down to Trump's pitch to the voters is I'm Trump. With yep. all of that comes together, right? I'm Trump. DeSantis's pitch right now, and he's not even running per se, is scoreboard. Look at the scoreboard. And by the way, can we pull a little cut there? Because I just jotted it down. He said, people render a judgment on re-election. And then he said, in my case, that seems like a pretty good shot at Trump. Because Trump lost his re-election bid. Like, that's subtle. But when I hear that, can we play that again? I want everybody out there to listen. Because he doesn't mention Trump by name. But he says, in my case. Why does he need to say my case if he's talking about re-election and he said people render a judgment based on COVID. Just go back and listen and tell me if you don't think this is a sort of subtle shot at Trump not being reelected, maybe partly based on his COVID response. Listen. I roll out of bed. I have people attacking me from all angles. It's been happening for many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. you got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote. Right, right. Okay. okay, you can stop. So we heard the rest yeah, of that. He, 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 that you know, this is interesting because you know what I think this could be a little bit of a preview of Clay is Ron DeSantis may at some point be if he runs. Okay, and I'm just I'm getting a little ahead of the game here, but I think we could all see this. He may be the first person who stares at Trump on a stage and says, "You lost the 2020 election from the Republican Party in a way that would really bring." I don't know if he will or not. That, but I think but you, he might. You, you, do you pick up on what I'm saying there, though? Yeah. That feels like a very subtle. It's not a direct, you know, like he didn't say, 
Trump lost in 2020 because people said they didn't like the choices that he was making potentially on COVID. I won the biggest re-election in Florida ever. The fact that little subtle pivot. Remember, Santos is smart. He's a Harvard Law grad. That little subtle pivot of, in my case, and re-election, the fact that both of them stood for re-election, again, I think that was a very subtle like jab at Trump. And I'm curious... I bet Trump would, you know, again, when he listens to that, he's a smart, astute guy, too. He knows what's going on. And I just, I I think the the glove, here's what I predict. The gloves are going to come off. People out there who are like, oh, this is going to be like a really like uh, Lincoln v. Douglas debate. No, when you are going to go head to head with Trump, DeSantis is going to have to throw the gloves off and stand in the ring, and they're both going to have to throw haymakers at each other. And it's going to be nasty, and people are going to say, I hate to see Republicans fight. I'm just telling all of you out there listening, you may be a DeSantis guy. You may be a Trump guy. It's coming, and to me, that's a subtle little early jab, like, hey, let me see if you get your hands up or not, and he popped Trump a little bit in the nose. And Trump's been certainly kind of popping DeSantis in the nose. Just kind of testing, testing the reach, testing the reach a little. It's coming. It's coming, folks. And we already know Nikki Haley is planning to get in there. Um, I think you're going to see Glenn Youngkin get in there. Yeah. I think you're going to see Mike Pompeo. I think you're going to see Mike Pence. Um, oh, my, oh is, isn't Bolton running? Michael Bolton? <laughs> I know John Bolton, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might as well be Michael Bolton. Isn't Kenny I mean, G running for well, president? Yeah, yeah I, did, I mean, like some of these guys, like I get that you're running, but I mean, come on, like, you're running so you can sell a few more books. You're not running because you think you actually have a chance to be the nominee. And honestly, I think the more people who run, the better it helps Trump because I think Trump's people are the most hardcore committed of any advocacy group out there. Now, I think, I think. At 30% of the GOP right now is is Trump all the way yeah. to the very end. And, and it, it you know, maybe higher than that, but I think at least a third of them, 30% of GOP primary voters right now are, it's got to be Trump again. You now, agree with me right now, only person that could beat Trump right now, things can change. DeSantis, nobody I, else I don't, even has I've a never heard anyone else make an argument that was compelling to me other than that. Meaning yeah. that I've never heard someone say, you know who could really run the table here? Nikki Haley. I haven't heard that. I don't yeah. know. And by, there, by the way, there's Mike Pence and Nikki Haley people. Like, everybody is different, right? Everybody's got different advocacy groups and everything else. We're going to be the primary, I think, source to be talking about this primary yeah. season. I mean, I always say this. I think Rand Paul, I mean, we yeah. have him on the show a lot. I think Rand Paul would be a phenomenal president, actually. Like, in the job, I think Rand Paul would be a really good president. I just don't think Rand Paul is built for winning a national presidential election, right? I mean, you know, this there's different there's a lot of nuances here. Did we just Ali texted me that Bolton has already announced? I is think he has. Tr- That's why he came I, to my mind. Yes. I didn't even know that he announced. It's not a good it's not a good sign for Michael Bolton or John Bolton that John Bolton has evidently announced for president and I didn't even know and I I don't even see in articles. Like they yeah. always say nobody else has announced but Trump. They don't even mention his name. Yeah, but for Michael Bolton, I celebrate his whole catalog. So, for the Office Space fans out there, <laughs> Office Space, one of the funniest movies that's ever been made. Oh man, uh, got to get your uh, stapler, uh, Milton. Uh, so, where do you cut household expenses without sacrificing on quality? One place can be the cell phone bill. 
Uh, when you switch from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile to Pure Talk, you're getting the same quality of service for 30 bucks a month. Got to be saving you, what, 50 60 or more dollars a month? How much difference can that make over the course of your year, given how much everything more is costing in this Joe Biden economy? Wouldn't you like to have hundreds of dollars that you are saving, given how much more you're having to spend for the same basic lifestyle needs? Of course you would. And that's why... Pure Talk can make a lot of sense to you. Blazing fast data, talk, text, just 30 bucks a month. You can keep your same phone, keep your same phone number, switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, they have a first-month risk-free guarantee. You can try it. If you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Why not support a company who supports you? Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. Uh, we've got a lot more coming up here in the third hour, including Clay. Did you, did you see this? It was just just breaking here. California cops have have shot a 
Oh gosh, it's a police involved use of force incident. You know what? Let's let's hold on this until the next hour. But a a man who was a double amputee, uh, an African American man, double amputee, and, and was shot by cops in California. There's video of it. Um, I think this is going to factor into the law enforcement discussion heavily. Factor into the law enforcement discussion that's underway right now. Uh, we'll break down that story for you coming up in a few minutes. I wanted to get to some calls. 800-282-2882, please. Uh, give us, give us a ring. We'll chat. We have Kurt in Orange County, California. Hey, Kurt, what's going on? Hey, Clay and Buck. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks for everything you're doing. Yeah, I just had a little bit different take on the, the riots in 2020 versus the non-riots after the Memphis situation. And the only difference, there's not, there's more than one difference, but a main difference is we have a Democrat president, Biden now, and we had a Republican president then. And so the Soros and the leftists use that as a way to agitate in 2020 and create riots and looting and trouble to undermine Trump. And now they told everybody, don't riot because Biden's president. Yeah, I get that argument, Buck, and I've heard it. Um, And I do think there was a lot of encouragement of rioting from Democrats in 2020 that would not occur now because Joe Biden's in office. I also still think there would have been riots if the police officers had been white. I think an important important data point as well uh, for, for this caller to remember. Kurt, thank you very much for calling in. The original BLM riots happened under the Obama administration. That's where it started. after, right? So BLM 1.0 was when Obama was in office, and that was when you had the the first view of, I, I forget, I think it was MSNBC. Later on, was it, was it Ali Velshi who was standing in front of the flaming building saying it was mostly peaceful? But I think that was 2020. There was an earlier incident, though, back in the Obama administration, uh, I think it might have been 2015, where Ferguson. there was a reporter yeah. in St. Louis standing in front of a building on fire saying, well, it was a mostly peaceful protest, and this is where we got that whole idea. Of course, only applied to riots in the context of BLM, but that happened under the Obama administration. Yeah, and, and I think really the biggest difference here was five black police officers. I think that has impacted the way that people responded in a big way. Also, I, I mean, look, I think everybody had the same reaction to the video. Have you heard anybody who said, oh, you know what, there have been charges brought? I haven't heard a single person, not one, like of any kind of media prominence who said, hey, you know what, I watched those videos. I don't think there was any inappropriate police conduct there. It's actually even more clear cut to me that the police misbehaved and en- engaged in criminal behavior than the George Floyd incident. I think the only difference is white guy in the George Floyd uh, video versus black guys in the in the Tyree Nichols case. A lot of troubling implications of that. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.